Taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps. And saving up to $30 a month on Cox Internet with the Affordable Connectivity Program makes those steps easy to take. Whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club. Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com slash ACP. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat. Or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. One church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. How you doing? I'm good. Move your pocketbook, honey. Uh, so, somebody, you gonna go to the bathroom? Well, let her sit right here. You don't save no seat for nobody. You better stay put. Right? And she gonna have to go find her seat. What you say, ma'am? Because I'm not gonna move. You're not gonna move? Mm-mm. Oh. It can't nobody move me. Oh, okay. Oh my God. Everybody over here about to say, move your pocketbook, honey. So, Father, speak to us not with clarity, speak to us with strength, speak to us with power. I rebuke every demonic spirit that has attempted to set itself up in preparation for receptivity of this word. I also rebuke every spirit of witchcraft and manipulation and domination that has tried to enter even into the atmosphere. But after we've come from high praise, and I declare that nothing shall obstruct the flow of your word. We are open and we are ready to receive. In Jesus' name, everybody lift your hands and worship for five seconds. Go right there. Five. Four, I said everybody, three, two, one. Say, I'm ready to go. So our series is viral video. Sundays was this um, video, Move Your Pocketbook, Honey. And you literally saw uh, what she said in the video. She said, Move Your Pocketbook, Honey. What's amazing to me is that this woman walked up with such authority and power because she had decided that that's where I'm sitting. Question, what would happen if you took that approach with following God's word? It's amazing because you take that approach with following what you want to do, but God is looking for some people that will follow that approach with what he tells them to do. I am always, watch me, I am always concerned for individuals where their feelings are preeminent to what God says. Let me tell you, because that's somebody that's been where they're going. But I think there's some people that are under the sound of my voice that say, over these next 12, I don't intend to have any negative repeats. Over these next 12, I don't intend to go back through the same drama, through the same mess, and through the same issues. See, you need to learn how to tell your own feelings, move your pocketbook, honey. You need to learn to tell your own dishonor, disorder, and rebellion, move your pocketbook, honey. Because watch me, if you don't tell it to move its pocketbook, you ain't going to have no pocketbook. Shut up. Some of y'all wonder why you are always uh, always going through drama, always going through mess, always going through trauma, always going through problems. Could it be because God says that's the only time you listen? You don't listen when you're doing well, you only listen when you go through hell. So I'll put you through hell over and over and over and over again until you learn how to say, move your pocketbook, honey. What would happen if you told your, your, your negative attitude, move your pocketbook, honey? What does move your pocketbook, honey? Get out my way. Y'all don't know what I'm saying. What would happen if you look, watch me, at the things, Paul said it like this. The right that I want to do. He said, sometimes I don't find myself doing that. He said, in the wrong that I, watch me, that I judge other people for doing. I find myself doing. He said, I'm at war within myself. 
Later on in the chapter, he says, oh, wretched man that I am. Here's what Paul was doing. Paul was saying, listen, let me tell the truth. There are parts of me that I have not yet told what to do. And so they tell me what to do, which is why there are certain things I keep going through. But in these next 12, <laughs> if you sit next to somebody that ain't saying then please switch seats because you sit next to a pocketbook that needs to get moved. Look at somebody next to you and say, in my next 12, they'll be my best 12. Yeah, because you're about to tell depression, move your pocketbook, honey. You're about to tell every generational curse, move your pocketbook, honey. The devil has been playing every man in your bloodline for generations. He got your daddy, his daddy, his daddy, his daddy, but then it got to you. And when it got to you, you're going to say, move your pocketbook, honey. I wish you acted like you were a curse breaker. I wish you acted like you were the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline. I wish you acted like you were about to do everything that five generations before you never ever thought was possible. Move your pocketbook, honey. The first person you need to tell to move their pocketbook is you. What in you is out of order. What? Listen, what's out of order? It means it's not in the right place. What in you is dishonorable to what God said? It's amazing that you will honor, listen to me, husbands, you will fail your wife if you honor what she said over what God said. Women, don't ever follow a man that dishonors God because who are you? Who are you? Hmm? Who are you? Leaders, what in what you lead is out of order. You ready? Single mamas, what in your house is out of order? And you tolerate it because you're trying to compensate for the fact that there's no man. So you give your kids too much grace. And so they always in your pocketbook. Y'all ain't talking to me. I came to preach hard. Y'all already know. Look, 57, uh, listen, 5781, I ain't even playing. I promise you I'm not playing. I might get a tattoo under my eye just as I'm not playing. I'm joking. The first person you got to say move your pocketbook to is you. What is your pocketbook? It's where you keep stuff that's valuable to you. And if what's valuable to you is more important than what God said to do, you will lose it and God. You will lose your valuables and you'll lose the Lord. Have you ever looked at somebody? Have you ever looked at somebody that you knew? And at one point they were just bam. And then years later you run into them. And God shows you what you would have been had you not moved your pocketbook. Some of y'all better be so glad they broke up with you because you could have actually married that fool. You better be so glad they cheated because you might have actually accepted. Y'all ain't going to talk. You better be so glad they stopped being your friend because you might have actually gave them the 25000 to start the bed. You would have never saw that money again. Move your pocketbook. Hunty. Hunty is a mixture of honey and auntie. Starts with you. You have to move what's valuable to you. And the first place we do this is with ourselves. All right? She was bold about it. Everybody look at me. You are too passive when it comes to correcting yourself. Because here's what you say, I'll do it tomorrow. Don't get crying on me, Wednesday. I'll do it tomorrow. I'm going to do it next week. I'm going to do it on the first. It's the first of the month. Get up, get up, get up. Dun, 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 dun. I'll wait till I get my new car. And God says, what new car? You don't know how to move your pocketbook. So why would I give you something new when you are sloppy with what you have?
when I get my new place. What place? Some stuff be surprising God when you say it. He's like, oh, we finna do that? It's quiet in here. When I get my new relationship, what new relationship? You're too selfish to love. You're too self-centered. You're a narcissist. So you married somebody just like you because the truth is you want to sleep with yourself. I'm going to preach heavy. You going to sit there and not say nothing back to me when I'm preaching good? Yeah, 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 let's go. Baby, baby, let's go. The first person we got to say move your pocketbook to is ourselves. What in us is out of order? What in us contradicts what God said because we're doing what we feel? How many of us can be honest that we've all done that? Watch me, in the last five days. If your hands end up, you're a liar. So put your hand up because you're lying. We've all done it. We have all allowed feelings, emotions, moments, humanity to cause us to allow something to be in a seat that it doesn't belong in. Let me have a pocketbook. So what God says is, I need you, I need you, I need all these women over here in your pocketbooks. Listen. Okay, y'all got Listen. That's the new thing. Women be wearing backpacks. All right? Duffel bags. Tote bags. Why y'all got overnight bags? Let's move. All right? All right, watch me. It's a lot in here. It's got some good ones. Matter of fact, <laughs> you think I'm playing. This is, whatever you got in here, you're going to be good for weeks. You would survive. Let it be a, let it be a nuclear storm. You'd be like, I'm good. Got my pocketbook. Everything I need, right, Joe? <laughs> you got snacks, treats, fruit snacks for kids. Ain't even got no kids. Got fruit snacks for kids. Now, look, if I look. I got a lot of things that have become valuable to me that I am trying to protect, not realizing that in trying to protect them, I hurt me. Because trying to protect me feeling strong by disrespecting God's order, I hurt myself. Can I get you to just open your mouth, please, and say, move your pocketbook? So what are some areas that you need to do what sister did? Move your pocketbook, honey. Is it your attitude? Is it that you get so worked up because one person doesn't like you? If you missed yesterday, yesterday was an impromptu. I was supposed to be interviewing somebody, and that thing, that thing blessed me. You should go watch it. Is it that you let one person who isn't the reason that you started become the reason you want to quit? You have to say, move your pocketbook, honey. Listen, she throws the honey on the end. I told you, in the South, that's called being nice nasty, which means I'm going to say what I said. I'm just going to package it nicely. See, here's what we don't do. Sometimes we don't address what needs to be addressed because we think by being honest, we're being rude. We have become so used to lying that when the truth comes out, we think it's offensive. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. We have become so used to lying because Americans are in love with style and show, not substance and truth. But I think there's some people in here that can say, they that worship the Lord must worship him in spirit and in truth. Which means, listen, this might hurt your feelings, but baby, you're out of order and you need to learn how to move your pocketbook. Thank you for your pocketbook. Now move it. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Thank you. Now listen, listen, listen. Then she says this, she can sit right here. She gonna have to find her a seat. In other words, I'm not concerned, watch me, there are certain corrections you don't make in your life because you're concerned about what it's going to do after you put it in order. See, if I actually get my kids in order, what's gonna happen because they may not call me? Well, look at pictures. 
I'm concerned if I get, watch me, I'm concerned, I'm concerned that if I, if I say this, they might walk away. If somebody can walk away after they've been given the truth, they were never with you. And in case you missed last night's live, please learn from me. I struggled with this for years as a pastor. And the only reason I ever wanted to quit was because I, well, I don't want to, and then the Lord said, look, you, I have made you to be alpha of alphas. <laughs> I have made you Proverbs 28 and, and 1. It says the wicked flee and ain't nobody coming after him. But the righteous are as bold as a lion. He said, I need you not to care because I am the God that provides for you. And he said, I will hold you accountable for any disorder you permit. It's quiet in here. Sister says she's going to have to find her a seat. Because I'm not going to move. Nobody's going to move me. In other words, I have decided that this is this, and that is that, and that's that on that. But everybody look at me. But that has to be based on God's word. Listen to me, Christians. We often take positions in life that are anti-Christ. Because it is not in alignment with the word. It's in alignment with what you want. And you torture the scriptures to fit your perversions. I'm, I'm preaching heavy tonight. This is too much. 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 You torture it until it says what you want it to say. So you can justify why your pocketbook is still in the seat. <laughs> and in this new year, God gives us 10 days at the beginning of a new spiritual year. And God says, get your pocketbooks right. Move what's in the way. You ready? Now, she was bold when she walked up. Sister walked up like this line. Y'all see my line? Somebody sent me this line. He sits, he sits in one of the rooms that I go in. He just sit there. Just in case. Now look, he looks real unassuming. But look. But if if you try to bust a move on him. Listen, he goes from being nice and easy. He's like a Tina Turner song. <laughs> we're going to start out nice and easy. At the beginning of this song, we're going to do it nice and easy. But at the end, we're going to do it rough. Proud Mary. And we're wrong. <laughs> look, look, look. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. God says, I need you to be just as bold about bringing order to your life as you are when you're trying to check somebody else. Because we live in a I'm going to check somebody time. And God says, I need you to do you like that. All right, everybody open your mouth. Say, move your pocketbook, honey. Now, look at this. I said to you on Sunday, Shana Tova, or Shana Tova, which means happy new spiritual year, because God and the Bible <coughs> are based off of the what? Hebrew calendar, which has four different starts to the year predicated upon the reason. The year changes at Rosh Hashanah, which is also known as the Feast of Trumpet. So new doesn't come on December 31st. When you're a believer in Jesus, new is now. I need you to say, I'm already in my new. Come on, say that thing with some authority. Say it like you're a bold line. Say, I'm already in my new. So, so listen, there are four spring feasts and there are three fall feasts, totaling seven feasts. Seven is the biblical number of completion or shalom. So when we honor the feast, we invite shalom. Why? Because feasts are appointed times when heaven interrupts the earth, which means during a feast time, if you've ever been, if you grew up in church, you'd hear people say stuff like we're under an open heaven, but they didn't have any scripture to back it up. They didn't have any word to back it up. And here's what happens. In a feast time, that's our word to back it up. Because a feast is where God sets an appointment with his people. So watch me. Our prayer, praise, and worship sets an appointment with God. When I pray, I get an audience with God. When I worship, I get an audience with God. When I praise, I get an audience with God. But the feast are when God say, I want an audience with you. In other words, I'm summoning you to a meeting. Come up here, Revelation says, that I can show you those things that are about to come. Which means if God's calling you to a meeting, open your mouth and say, it must be important. We live in a time where people will disrespect the water they need to live. 
We live in a time where the horse will disrespect the water that it needs to live. See, the water doesn't need the horse, but the horse needs the water. In other words, God says, listen, don't you dare disrespect or dishonor my feast because you need what heaven's about to release. Heaven doesn't need you. Heaven wants you. Shut your mouth. Can you give God glory to watch me? God does not need us, but he wants us, which is better. See, some of you are so used to being in relationships where people need you, which means, watch me, it's based off of a codependency. But God says, I don't need you, I want you. When I died for you 2,000 years ago, I did it not because I need you. I don't need you to do nothing for me. I died for you because I want you. Open your mouth and say, God wants me. the horse so we acquiesce to him he doesn't acquiesce to us let's acquiesce bishop change we change for him he doesn't change for us that's important to understand because a lot of christians here's what happens you get frustrated with your christianity when you can't force him to be what you want him to be i just don't think prayer works no you're just mad because he said no it worked the answer was no not today until you move your pocket, please. For many of you, hear me, your no was a test to test your resolve. Can you get a no and keep going and make the corrections so that the next time you get a yes? I said it on prayer. I said it in my five-four class on Tuesday. I'm going to say it again tonight. God says to the prophet Isaiah, he says, go tell the king Hezekiah. He says, listen, tell him to get his house in order because he's about to die. He's sick and he's not going to recover. Mm. He says, he's got a sickness that I'm not going to allow him to be healed from. And I'm not going to allow him to be healed from that because I have decided that it is time for his reign to end because he used to respect me. Then he stopped moving his pocketbook. You have to be careful that the order and honor you use to get where you are, that you don't stop doing it because then you're going to end up Watch me, you'll end up destroying your next because you didn't do what you did to possess it in order to keep it. So he was an orderly king until the end. And then at the end, he just said, this is what I'm going to do. And God says, fine, you're going to die. I'll get another king. Don't you think I will stop because you stopped? You, some of y'all need to learn how to have, have an attitude like sis did. Listen, move your pocketbook. Don't you think I'm not going to sit in this graduation because somebody's purse is in a seat. Watch me. God says to the king, listen, I'll get another one. I've got billions of people to pick from. I wanted you, Hezekiah, but you don't want to move your pocketbook. That's the word right there, ain't it? Lay your hands on yourself. Say your first name. Say, please move your pocketbook. Say, and do it before Tuesday. Say, because that's day of atonement. Say, that's when judgment is sealed for these next 12. I'm going to teach it to you in a minute. Because some of you, watch me, you are about to do something that heaven's about to say, you can do what you want. But just know that when you do that, we're going to get someone else. Watch me, we're going to go in another direction. Because Hezekiah, you're doing your own thing, doing it your own way, and you don't really want to hear what I have to say. You have to be careful. For those of you who are leaders, and those of you who pour into people, you have to be careful. When people stop listening, that's your cue to stop talking. You are wasting your words if you're dealing with people, watch me, who don't want to listen in the first place. See, listen, listen, as a leader, I learned that if people are coming to ask me something, they get handled very differently than people who come in to tell me something. Because you didn't come for guidance. You, you, you came, you came, watch me, you came like Hezekiah went to God. So, See what you're going to do. You ready? Hezekiah gets the news. Isaiah walks in. Come here. You're going to be Isaiah. I know I'm going to be Isaiah. And you'll be Hezekiah. So he walks in. Get my Shamir, son, so I can make it real official. He walks in. When he walks in, he says, oh, king. You know, he's probably sitting there trying to, you know, be real extra. God's like, Isaiah's like, you about to die. Get your house in order. Because that sickness that nobody else knew about, you won't recover from. 
because you decided not to move your pocketbook. Because you thought since you were the king that you could disrespect what God said. You thought because you were the top performer that you could disrespect what the boss said. You thought, y'all ain't going to talk to me. You thought that because you were so-and-so that you were entitled. So since you feel so entitled, he's the prophet, so he has on his prophetic garment, he has on his shemir, and this is what the prophet will wear. When Elijah threw down his cloak, come on, when Elijah threw down his cloak, son, you trying to break my shemir. <laughs> Move your pocketbook, honey. No, I'm just joking, I'm just joking. When Elijah throws down his mantle, this is what he threw down. And it split the water. This is what he threw down. So look what he says. This is, so here's what's going to happen for you. You about to lose your job. <laughs> the Lord has decided that it's over for you. The reason God gives him that warning is to see his response. The reason we get Rosh Hashanah, Shofar, is so God says, are you going to wake up? and correct what needs to be corrected in these next 12. Are you going to bring order where there needs to be order? Are you going to walk in victory, or are you going to decide you're going to do your thing? That's what happened. When Elijah, so Isaiah, Isaiah is so cool. If you read the Bible, it's like the coolest book on the world. Like some of y'all be watching the stories. God light as the world turns, because it, you might need to go to a general hospital. So that you can stay away from that young and the restless. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I got a question, seriously. This has nothing to do with the word. Who still watches the stories in here? Okay, all right. Come on, here we're right up. Okay. Yeah, like what are the stories? Google it. All right, listen. So look, so look, here it is, here it is. I'm, I need you to get this point, because then we're gonna move fast. I need you to get this point. So as he walks in, he says, You're about to lose your job. God has decided it's over. We're done. So you're going to die. Get your house in order. It's over. He had a chance to say, but well, I don't receive that. Just because the word you hear ain't a word you want to hear don't mean it ain't a word. Because some of y'all, you only shout when I'm saying good stuff about to happen. But when I'm saying get it in order, you're like, well, I don't receive that. You the one that's about to lose your... I, I wish you would tell yourself, move your pocketbook. Just because the message ain't what you want to hear does not mean that you get to exempt yourself from it. We got too many people. You only want to hear the good about you. You need to say to God, God, search my heart. Hey, Lord, search me and anything in me that's not like you, I need you to make me over. Make me nice. And when I'm done, I want to do it. Because just because you don't want to receive it don't mean that Isaiah didn't say it. So the same word that didn't fall to the ground that was good is the same word that won't fall to the ground today. So he says, get it together. He could have got all extra. Can I have a pocketbook again? He could have he got all extra. Y'all stay with me. I'm almost, I'm almost where I'm trying to get. He could have kept his pocketbook right there. And fellas, don't be like, bitch, I ain't got no pocketbook. Yes, you do. All of that extra you be having? <laughs> Fellas, you just hide yours. Yours be up under your coat. That's why you be sagging, because you're trying to cover your pocketbook. <laughs> Get them pants off the ground. Listen, okay, I got to preach. So watch, here it is. Here's, he could have gotten extra with the man of God, but I don't believe that. I don't see that. You know, I just feel, I just think, I mean, it wouldn't have changed what he said. Instead, he took the right posture. And the king, the Bible says, he turns his face to the wall. Why does he turn his face to the wall? Because there's no mirror. There's no mirror because what he really wanted to do is to deal with himself. He said, I don't need to talk to no servants. I don't need to call my brother, my sister, my mother. My, I need to deal with me right now. Some of you, you better hear me. God has given you time to deal with you right now. And I need you to stop getting on the phone. Stop being distracted with social media. Stop being distracted trying to call who shot Don, Mary, Martha, everybody else. I need you to take the time. God is dealing to deal with you. He looks at the wall. And the Bible says he begins to repent. And he begins to cry. And he begins to say, God, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa. I didn't realize, watch me, how out of order I was. 
because nobody would ever check me. Because I got so high that nobody would ever say nothing to me. You got to be careful when you're the highest one in your social group because nobody will have the authority to check you. Y'all ain't saying nothing. You better be careful when you're the top gun in your social group because when you need to get checked, they'll sit there and laugh in your face and watch you die. They'll sit there and laugh in your face and watch you lose your house, lose your car, lose your kids, lose your family. You need some folk around you that will check. Who gonna check me, boo? Look at somebody next to you and say, I need to be checked. So what does he do? He repents. What does repent mean? Repent. Re again, pent. Get back to the best version of yourself. As he's doing this, and let me tell you, see, for some of you, your repentance is going to create an instantaneous miracle for you. Because the only reason heaven held it up was because of you. Because since I'm not giving that to you. Oh, I heard that, Lord. And for some, I know this is a rough word, but just let's go, y'all. Come on, rough riders, let's go. Come on, let's go, let's go. For some of you, God did give it to you because he said, I'm sending it as a rebuke, not an answer. I gave you exactly what you asked for because I'm about to rebuke you for what you asked for because I don't see you doing this. Come on, say, Lord, I, I repent. I repent. Say, everything in me that's out of order, I repent. Come on, come on, Wednesday. Say, everything in me that's dishonorable, I, I, I repent. I am not too proud to tell God that sometimes I, I get beside myself. Come on, Wednesday. You can't be too proud to tell God, I messed up on that relationship. I messed up how I spoke to the man of God. I messed up how I handled that. I messed up. Open your mouth and worship God that he can allow us to repent. Come on, praise him that he allows you to repent. That he allows us to get it right. He didn't kill you when he could. He didn't throw you away like he could have. But he gave you grace. He gave you mercy. He gave you another chance and another chance and another chance. And uh, yeah. God sees him doing this. In these 10 days, this is what heaven wants to see. And as Isaiah is walking out, God says, stop. The king's court was probably no bigger than this. So as he's walking out, when God sees that, watch me, and God sees it's legit. Don't let God have to bring you to the edge. Why did he repent? Because he, he just got news that he was about to die. Don't let your life have to get to the edge. Come on. Don't let your life have to get to the place to where everything's about to fall under and everything's about to go down before you decide to do this. Say, Lord, give me a repentant heart. Come on, y'all. Come on, say, give me a repentant heart, Lord. Give me. As he's walking out, God says, stop. Turn around. Watch me. Who said the king was going to die? God. Who spoke it? God. But when he saw that, he said, oh, he's going to move his pocketbook? Turn around. Tell him. Change my mind. So for those that say God don't change his mind, he does. And he's trying to change it in your favor. Come on. He wants to change his mind in our favor. He's got good thoughts and good plans. He's not trying to beat us up and beat us down and throw us down. He says, I want to change my mind to give you what I couldn't trust you with because now I see I can trust you. He says, go tell him. All right, guess what? He said, listen, hey, quick audible. When God saw that, that you moved your pocketbook, God said, get another 15 years. Now, now listen, what's, what's 15? 15 is three cycles of five. He said, you got grace, favor, breakthrough, which means your next will be better than your now. Mm. Mm. When God sees that, when you ain't in everybody else's business, but you cleaning up your own business. So I rebuke your gossiping. 
getting up in everybody else's business. When God sees that you'll handle your own business and get your own stuff together, God says, I'm about to break you off with something you never thought and something you never imagined. Can I get you to give God worship for your next 12? Hallelujah. 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 So listen, lay your hands on yourself. Say, move your pocketbook. Say, say, move your pocketbook. Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. So these feasts are when heaven interrupts earth. When God gives us a feast, he says, I'm interrupting earth. You're literally under an open heaven. What does that mean? The time that it would normally take is removed. Because during a feast, there is nothing, listen, there's nothing to break through. Because the heaven is open for you. Bishop, mm. what do you mean nothing to break through? Now can I preach like I want to? And Daniel, the Bible says that Daniel prayed for an answer. And when he prayed, the Bible says that it was withheld by the prince of Persia. The prince of Persia withheld it for 21 days. So Daniel fasts for 21 days, fruits and vegetables. Hence the Daniel fast. And in 21 days, uh, the, uh, the, uh, God's angel breaks through in that time. Catch the revelation. He broke through. This place we live is called the first heaven. The chasm of the atmosphere is referred to as the second heaven. Where God dwells is the third heaven. Stay with me. So when the heavens are open, that means the chasm that's in between earth and heaven, which is this second heaven, the atmosphere, the air. The Bible says Satan is the prince of the power of the air. So he traffics in this second realm. He traffics in the atmosphere. That's why when certain people walk in the room, it turns dark. That's why when certain people get on the phone with you, it turns dark. Because he's the prince of the power of the air. So anything that flows with airwaves, God has given him the ability to have authority with him. And that's why the greatest influences that come, positive or negative, come through what? Come through the air. We call it what? Wi-Fi. Shut up. Y'all didn't hear what I just said. Everything that is in the air, in this second chasm, God has given Satan the authority to deal with it. But when there is a feast, something is suspended. When there is a feast, the interference we normally have to deal with. It's removed because heaven has interrupted and invaded the earth. What are you trying to tell me? Hezekiah had to do that during a feast. How you know that, Bishop? Because the moment he turned is the moment heaven said, go back and tell him he's got 15 years. What does that mean? There was no delay from when he prayed and when he saw manifestation. What you trying to tell me tonight, Bishop? If you will get your stuff together and move your pocketbook over these next few days, there will be no more delay. Say it again. Say no more delay. Leviticus 23 and 2. Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, the feasts of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations or gatherings. These are what? My feasts. These are meetings God sets with his people. And I taught you on Sunday about this right here, the ram's horn, the shofar. Immediately following the feast of trumpets, immediately following the feast of trumpets, uh, we enter in something called the 10 days of awe. Say 10 days of awe. Uh, now, in these 10 days of awe, God gives us an opportunity to self-reflect and self-correct. In other words, to move our pocketbooks. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, move your pocketbook. And then talk rough to yourself. Say, and hurry up. For those of you saying, I'm just praying, sh shut up, do it. It's quiet. For those of you, but I'm just trying to see. Say one more word. <laughs> I need you to get a little gangster with yourself. Lay your hands on yourself and say, do it. Do, it. do what, Bishop? The things in God's word I already know to do that my pocketbook has been keeping me from doing. Because every time it's time to do right, I go into my pocketbook to find things to distract me to do wrong. But today. So I told you on Sunday that our shout is like a shofar. Our shout 
is like a shofar. We looked at that in Psalm 47, Psalm 47 and 5. It says, God has ascended among shouts of joy, the Lord amongst the sounding of trumpets. So that means our shout is equivalent to the shofar. And I told you this on Sunday, if you don't like noise, you're going to hate heaven. You're just going to hate, listen, you're going to hate being around God because God, 24-7, there, there is the reminder of who he is. That's why he never sleeps or slumbers. Because he is perpetually reminded of who he is. Not because he forgot, but to make sure that those around him never treat him common. Uh-oh, principle. Don't get so used. Listen, don't get so used to amazing that you make it common. Don't make common what God calls holy. It got quiet right there. So your shout is like a shofar. Say my shout is like a shofar. Let's practice. One, two, three, release the shout. Hallelujah. Now, now if you came from a very quiet church background, you may have just gotten freaked out. If you came from a church background where they just... Like when the choir did a dip, everybody thought that was really doing something. <laughs> Listen, if you came from that background, you may say, well, that just feels emotional. It's not. It's spiritual. Because when we shout, it's like the shofar. So tonight, in these last few minutes of this message, you're going to have some opportunities to sound your shofar over your life. It's not enough just for heaven to do it. You got to do it. You missed what I just said. It's not enough just for God to call the feast. You got to show up and eat. And to show up and eat, that means you got to tell your pocketbook to get out your seat. So the, so the last thing I told you on Sunday was that your show, uh, uh, the shofar declares victory. Numbers 10 and 9. When you go to war in your land against the enemy who oppresses you, then you shall sound an alarm with what? Trumpets. Trumpets we learned on Sunday is the Greek version of shofar. And you will be remembered before the Lord your God, and you will be saved from your enemies. Look at me. God says, the moment you have a problem, I need you to put the phone down. Don't call your wife. Don't call your husband. Don't call your mama now. Don't call your cousin now. I need you to open your mouth and release your shout. Because when I hear the shofar, I will remember you and you will be saved from your enemies. So the moment I have a problem, my response is not stress, my response is a shout. The moment the doctor gives you bad news, your response is not stress, your response is a, because my shout calls me into victory. In case you forgot the sound of the shofar, listen to it, listen to it, listen to it. There's a shofar in heaven blowing over your family, blowing over your finances, blowing over your future. And God is declaring victory. Somebody say, I release it in advance. So listen, so listen, so listen, so listen, so listen. Notice God did not say shout at the end. Some of you, look at me, I can see it. It's written all over your face, you have to say a word. Shouting is hard for you because of how much pressure you're under. And that's why you can't get up from under the pressure. Because you want the pressure to be relieved before you shout. That's not what the verse says. Put the verse up. The verse says this. And when you go to war, that's when you shout. So I need you to push past your feelings, push past your emotions, push past your pressure. And I need for everybody in this building, everybody online, I don't care how loud. For my East Coast people, you're like, Bishop, it's 1030. Holla. I don't want nobody to say nothing. I promise you they can't fix your warfare. I don't wait until I win the battle. My shout is a prophecy that I will win. Shut your mouth. My shout is a prophecy that I will be the victor. My shout is a prophecy that you can throw whatever you want to throw at me. But if God be for me, who in the hell, heaven and earth, can be against me? On three, put your victory shout. One, two, three. Yay! Hallelujah! 
Somebody say, I've got victory. Say it again, I've got victory. Say, Bishop, I don't feel nothing. You don't need to feel nothing to shout. I shout the moment I go to war. The moment you get the email, before you cuss, shout. Before you text, shout. Because while you shouting, God might go back and say, uh-uh, take that back what you just said. When you learn how to put God first in your warfare, he'll make the people that were trying to do you dirty, he'll make them come back and say, you know what, I apologize. I shouldn't have treated you like that. Matter of fact, I pray that God would deal with your enemies in such a way over these next 10 days that they would wish they never, ever hurt you in the fuck. Ow! 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 Second thing. Awakens God's people from their slumber. Isaiah 61 amplified, arise from your spiritual depression to a new life. Shine. Somebody says, shine on me. Be radiant from the glory and brilliance of the Lord. God says, I need you to stop being dull. God says, I even need your worship not to be dull. I need your prayer not to be dull. I need your clapping not to be dull. I need your dance. I don't care if you ain't got rhythm. I need your dance not to be dull. That's what it says. For your light has come, and the glory and brilliance of the Lord have risen upon you. So when the shofar is released, which is what the Feast of Trumpets is, Rosh Hashanah, trumpets is the same thing as the shofar. For us, our shofar is our shout. You with me? It says when you do that, it wakes you up from your spiritual depression. Where does depression begin? In the spirit. Where does anxiety begin? In the spirit. Where does fear begin? In the spirit. How do you know, Bishop? God has not given us a spirit. Everything that's wrong in your life started in the spirit, which means to fix it, I can't fix it with natural stuff. I got to fix it where it started. The third thing that the shofar does is it calls order. Nehemiah 4.20, in the place where you hear the sound of the trumpet, which means shofar, which for us means shout, call us there. In other words, get us in order. Our God will what? Fight for us. Look at me. God fights for you when he sees you want to win. And let me tell you, let me rebuke something in you real quick. You ready? Well, I'm going to see. I don't know how that's going to work out. I'm going to try. God says, but you don't want to win. I'm looking for some people in these next 12 that have made it up in their mind. I'm winning. Everybody around me is winning. If you live in my house, you can't be no loser up in here because everybody in my house is winning. I speak it as the pastor and leader of Harvest and our Bible college and everybody connected. If you're connected to me and this V, this is the year you have got to win because I won't allow, the Lord won't allow. It's bigger than me. He won't allow any of us to suffer unnecessary loss. Open your mouth and say, God is fighting for us. Say it again, God is fighting for us. Said this, I'm not gonna move. And can't nobody move me. What if you dug in right there? Said, I'm not losing. But it looks like you're losing. I'm not. Halftime. But it looks like things aren't going well. Oh, they are. A new day always begins when it's dark. 
Am I the only one that can see it's a new day? Shut your mouth. Some of you, when people are trying to tell you negative stuff, you need to say, actually, it looks amazing to me because I see a brand new day. Midnight is when a new day begins and it's still dark outside, but I have decided I'm with it. So it doesn't matter what it looks like, I decided. I decided, I decided, I decided, I decided, I decided, I decided. I'm not gonna move. And ain't nobody gonna move me. I gotta finish. So listen, between Rosh Hashanah and the Day of Atonement, it's referred to as this, look on the screen, the Day of Judgment. When you see in your Bible and talk about the Day of Judgment, some of y'all, you get scared, oh God. Judgment Day. Judgment Day is referring to between now, or really Rosh Hashanah, which was going into Sunday, and the 10 days following that, which would be the Day of Atonement. During that time, God says, that's the Day of Judgment. If I don't see you doing this, If I don't see you moving pocketbooks up out your seat, then I will judge. And it won't be in your favor. But if I see you doing this, if I see you getting on the phone and righting your wrongs, if I see you reaching out to the people that you were sloppy and had, okay, yo. If I see you repenting where repentance, if I see that, Oh, these next 12 are going to be beautiful for you. But if I see arrogance like I saw in your daddy, like I saw in your mama there, I'm done. You ready? But not only is it about what we do during these 10 days, because these 10 days are the first fruit of the new year. What's the principle of first fruits? Whatever the first is, so are the rest. So why does God make such a big deal between Rosh Hashanah and Day of Atonement? Because it's the first fruit. So whatever you are now is what you're going to be in the at the end of the 12. So if you're unrepentant now, you're going to be unrepentant at the end. You ready? Y'all still with me? But it's not just for what we do during these 10 days. The Day of Judgment is when heaven judges for what we've sown in the last 12 months. We're judged for the harvest of the next 12. You missed me. God says, I need to see this. And then God says, uh, Michael, Gabriel, them, let me check them records. Give me them records. Give me them records. Come on, hear me up now. Thank you, son. Let me check these records. She was faithful. He was faithful. Dependable. We're about to send some faithful and dependable people to you. Because I'm about to judge you for what you did the last 12 so in these next 12, you're going to get what you sold in the last 12. Check that given record. Wow. She sold some big seed. And she didn't curse a seed because it was taking too long. He sold some big seed. I got you a harvest in these next 12. Wow, look, right there. They found Judas, Lot, and Miriam. And Jonah. And within weeks, they were all out their life. But they didn't get bitter. So I'm going to replace every seat. Every seat you said, who's going to fill that seat? Who's going to do that for me? Who's going to be there? Somebody say, in the next 12, it's going to be somebody better. Oh, my God. Open your mouth and say, in the next 12, it's going to be somebody better. I'm just giving you Bible. That's, that's, I'm just teaching you the Bible. God says, I need to see this. This is called teshuvah in Hebrew. Look on the screen. It means to repent and return. Repent and return. Return what? Return back to my word. Move your pocket. You ready? These 10 days of awe say he's awesome. 
they lead to approximately a week from now, which will be the Day of Atonement. Yom Kippur. Let me give you this last scripture. We're out of here. Leviticus 23, 27. God, I... Shout now. Shout now. Leviticus 23, 27. New American Standard. On exactly the 10th day of the seventh month. Stop. Let me teach you so you don't get confused. How many starts of the year are there? Four. And the scripture in Leviticus, when it's referring to the seventh month, it's counting from the agricultural start, not Rosh Hashanah. Okay, just so you're on the same page. On the 10th day of this seventh month, of the Day of Atonement, is the what? Day of Atonement. So 10 days into the new year. God is so awesome that even when it's counting from agriculture, it's still the seventh. This means your new is going to be complete. Like he's so, he's so calculated. You see how that, like, you can't even think that stuff through. Like only God can do that. It should be a holy convocation for you. Everybody, here's your instructions. Because it was a bishop, what's next? Here it is. Humble your souls. Fast and repent. Say fast and repent. So between now and one week from today, you need to pick a day, and that's your fast day. Normally, I would call us all to a fast on one day, but for some of you, one day is not enough. For some of you, like, you need, like, about a bow up. Some of y'all just need to just stop eating from now until Wednesday. Just don't eat nothing. What are we going to do? Can I get everybody to give me the number one? Number one, can I get those online? Can I get you to type number one? One day. You're going to pick one day. Between now and seven days from today where you will fast. What type of fast? It's a water-only fast. Consult your physician for all health concerns and related issues. Okay? And God says, I want you to fast. That's what humble your souls mean. Souls, your mind, thoughts, will, emotions. God says, I need you to not eat so that you can see all the ugly in you. I need you to get to that point where you're irritable so you can see who you really are. That's so quiet. He says, I need you to do that. And then he says, look, and look at the next part. Present an offering by fire to the Lord. What does fire means? It burned. What does fire do? It hurts. Do you see this in your scriptures? Do you, do you see this in your scriptures? Uh, how you gonna get quiet now? Uh, no, don't get, no, uh-uh. Do not. Amen, amen. You was just shouting now. Now that you got a fast and soul, now you're about, Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, and at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God, and they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word DECISION to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app. Over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Hey, Cricket customers. Max with ads is included with your Cricket $60 unlimited plan at no additional cost. Max is the streaming platform where you can watch Scoob, Meg 2 The Trench, The Nightmare on Elm Street Collection, and so much more. Remember me. Just log in with your Cricket username and password to experience Max on all your favorite devices. We've never seen this before. Max, the one to watch for a good scream with Cricket. Yeah! Phone plan streams and standard definition. Programming subject to change. Fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See cricketwireless.com for details.